Hello, everybody, and welcome to Live a Little, that crazy little podcast about everything and nothing with me, Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and educator and mindfulness coach Greg Graber. Greg, it is episode seven. It has been far too long, uh, but before we dive into the reasons why it has been so long, uh, let's uh, let's toast. Yes, sir. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. We are drinking Spotted Cow. This is a longtime favorite of mine. It is brewed by our good friends at New Glarus Brewery in uh, South Central Wisconsin. It is an ale. It's a beautiful golden, golden color. Kind of goes with my Green Bay Packer shirt. And part of the reason that we're drinking this is because the Packers came from 17 points down in the fourth quarter to beat the New Orleans Saints. So we're, we're going to celebrate with a little, little bit. Of Would you say this is an stuff. amber ale? Would that be uh, ah, it's more like more like a golden ale. Uh-huh. I don't know that it's amber. It is a pretty hue. It is. It's, it's very, very nice. So, listener, uh, by the way, if you want to buy this in Memphis, you cannot. It is only sold in the state of Wisconsin, really and truly. So every time I get north of the Cheddar Curtain, uh, I always make sure to uh, to pick up some spotted cow. Cheddar curtain. The cheddar curtain. Yes, it's 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 a longstanding joke with uh, with people that I know. Yeah, when when you go when you cross from Illinois into Wisconsin, you go behind the cheddar curtain, literally and figuratively, All right. uh, so to speak. Well, it's it's been it's been a while, and listener, we we've had we've had issues, and 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 not not Greg and I, we've not had issues, but well, ML, MLGW's had issues. Uh, we were supposed to record a couple weeks ago, and MLGW, you know, there are like 79 customers without power, and I was one of them because I think somebody was digging in the wrong spot. And then that's that's a horrible reason. We we hate that. But then you weren't here for a while for a very, very good reason. So when we talk about what's going on, we've got some recommendations. We're going to air our grievances. We're going to talk about what's next. But when it comes to what's going on, I think your trip to Italy Takes the cake. It was outstanding. And not to bring my uh, gastro issues into this, but my stomach is readjusting, not just for the mere fact that I ate a bukul. That is a southern word. Have you heard that before? <laughs> I thought bukul? that was a French word, bukul. Of food. But it's interesting how the food there is, and you know this, it's so fresh. You know, mm-hmm. take out the additives, the preservatives, the nitrate, all that kind of stuff. And you really can taste the food. Right. I mean, that sounds overly simplistic, but when you eat a tomato, you really can appreciate the richness, the robust flavor of that tomato. Because they don't spray it with all kinds of pesticides and other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Holly was researching. Both our stomachs are a little bit wonky, and she's like, this is not uncommon when people come back. Because you ate real food as opposed to processed food. I mean, it was unbelievable. One, we've talked about this before. It's more about sort of the richness and the taste of the food and... There's that whole portion control element. Yeah. They don't have the supersized big gulp mentality that we have here. The Cheesecake Factory's yeah, size serving. Exactly. Uh, we had a great time, though. We did Rome for three days. Big city. It was really hot, but outstanding food again. Mm-hmm. Holly really liked the shopping, of course. Thought of you, went to the Papal City, uh, toured the Pope's home. Uh, then we went to the Tuscany region for a few days, spent some time in a little village called Luca. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of it before. Very quaint, nice. Again, great food. You're seeing a theme here. Yeah. And then Venice, which is the most interesting city where I've ever been. Like you have traveled fairly extensively. Right, but I've never um, been to Venice. So uh, I do want to go. They've cleaned it up. All I heard of the water is going to smell. It's going to be, it was really nice. You have to take water taxis everywhere. Mm-hmm. There are no cars or motorized vehicles 
uh, in the city. Really unique. Saw people from all over the world. Uh, great experience. Beautiful wedding our friends had. So uh, it's good to be back. Good to have you back. And we were back in time to see Arsenal draw in the North London Derby. I'm still with, processing with Tottenham. this. Are you? Are you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, they, they surrendered a goal lead twice. And I think really after they converted the penalty, I, I just think they just got too tied up in, in celebrating and ended up not getting back defensively and giving up an equalizer. That, I mean, they had a lot of late pressure, uh, which, was, which was great, but um, had something like 13 corners and could not cash even one of them, which was, which was really, really discouraging. We've been on the corners for a while. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I, when was the last time Arsenal actually scored off a corner i think that's that's kind of the, the thing that that is bothering me but with the celebration thing you're right like Saka, who is one of my favorite players how can you not love Saka? Yeah. but he's getting into a thing where he starts taunting the other players by doing the opposing players celebration when he scores <laughs> that wise. never ends well no something like that you know no. you're kind of feeding the bear yeah it was a crazy crazy sports weekend um arsenal 2-2 draw after Notre Dame loses on literally the last play of the game because they only have 10 guys on the field defensively for the last two plays of the game. I like Marcus Freeman. I have met Marcus Freeman. I've interviewed Marcus Freeman. He is an absolute A-plus quality human being. But how in the world you let that happen is really, really disappointing because it was an opportunity for Notre Dame, which has come up short so many times in big moments. It was a chance to... Change that narrative, and that, uh, I, yeah, you, you can kind of guess what I said when I saw that final play. I'd just come back, and you talk about how crazy a sports weekend was. I had just finished calling Memphis 901 FC, Rodrigo da Costa, freshly minted as the USL Championship Player of the Week, get his first ever hat trick in front of his family in Tampa Bay against the Rowdies. Uh, to win 4-2. So that's really cool. That's fantastic. Then I come back. Notre Dame, oh, hey, they're down 14-10. Now they're up 17-14, and now uh, you give up a touchdown on the last play of the game because you only have 10 guys on the field. Oh. And, then, and, then, and then the Packers go down 17-0 to New Orleans, and they're just dead in the water for three quarters, and then they score 18 unanswered in the fourth quarter. So that's kind of crazy. You're about to pull an Elvis and get your gun out and shoot the TV, right, it's, at that point. Uh, TVs, I know TVs aren't as, as expensive as they used to be, but, you know, I, I don't want to spend any money that I don't have to because I, I, be, I can be rather cheap. Um, there are some other sports things I, I just I want to kick around with you, and, you know, one of them is the whole Colorado thing. Uh, don't and, get me started. We talked about <laughs> Dion last time. I'm not going to refer to him as Coach Prime. Thank you. You Thank know how you. I feel about that. I, I think he feels similarly. I, right? I, I feel here. exactly the same way. I I didn't, I wasn't turning cartwheels that Oregon blew them out. That was to be expected. I mean, when you look at Colorado, they beat TCU. Yeah, they were the national championship game a year ago. How good are they this year? Don't know. Nebraska's not, not a very good football team. Colorado State, they were supposed to blow out, needed a length of the field drive to force overtime, and then they win in overtime. I think what bothers me, I don't have a problem with Deion Sanders coaching the way he's coaching or the way he's running that program because he, is, he, he, he has been a newsmaker, but I think he's been a positive influence on, on a lot of young people and obviously has generated tremendous interest in college football. What bothers me is the obsequiousness, obsequiousness 
of the national commentators, Coach Prime, Coach Prime. That's uh-huh. not that's not a flipping name. Well, the, right? sink, the sink of fans. Just yeah. The fans in general. Yeah. You know, I grew I was young. I told you I lived in Atlanta years ago when he was playing for the Braves and the Falcons. I thought it was so cool he'd take the helicopter between the, the venues. Um, but it's like on Twitter X, whatever it is, if if you say anything about him, and, and I'm not saying much about him, I see other people. Every now and then you'll get someone to say, like, he's got a big mouth, he's obnoxious, which it's not a WWE match. Right. There is a certain level of decorum you should probably have, even in a violent, inherently violent game like American football. But um, it doesn't mean you're a hater or a racist or whatever if, if you get sick of hearing him talk. How can you not sort of like the guy? On one level, I like the guy because he's humorous. He's really witty. He's intelligent. He's real. He's real. It's cool. But sometimes a little bit goes a long way, too. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's funny you mentioned WWE because uh, somebody else had pointed that out. Uh, I saw on X, the website formerly known as Twitter, that the whole Colorado thing, it's kind of trending into WWE territory. Is he a baby face, which is, the, which is wrestling terminology for the good guy, or is he a heel, uh, wrestling terminology for the bad guy? I, I don't know that anybody really knows. Look... I think he's done a great job resuscitating that program, uh, and I don't have an issue with it. The only issue I probably have with, with, with Dion is the fact that, you know, he's, he's always saying, well, people are disrespecting us. I don't know that there was a football player that disrespected his opponents as oh, much as Deion Sanders did as a, as a player. So, oh, without you know, a doubt. And you yeah. can look at, like, what some of the players are doing now. There are a few little isolated minor incidents, and how dare I call these out, but I've noticed – a couple games ago, his son poked another player in the eyes. Did you see that after a play? Did not and see then that. last game, one of the Colorado players was going down the tunnel, takes a headband off an Oregon fan and throws it away. Like, when you talk that type of trash, it's going to have that reciprocal effect on your players. Yeah. So not everybody, no one cares. A lot of us don't care. We're not disrespecting you. Like, I, I don't, it's just, it's a lot. I think people are going to get sick of it. Yeah. There were some people, I am sure, who wanted him to fail. And I'm not one of those people. No, I it, hope it, he does well. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a cool story. You know, it used to be back in the day with Bill, when Bill McCartney was coaching uh, in, in Boulder that, you know, Colorado was, was great. I mean, they had, you know, such a great tradition there. And then for the longest period of time, they were just kind of wandering around in the desert because they weren't very good. Um the other thing, uh, and, and I was asked about this, I actually got a, a chance to speak to the Memphis Dental uh, Society. And one of the questions I got was, you know, well, what about the, all the stadium stuff that's going on here in Memphis? And I don't have any particular inside knowledge of anything. And my answer was basically that plus. I hope that Mayor Jim Strickland and the Tennessee General Assembly the Grizzlies, the Tigers, and hopefully Memphis 901 FC. I hope that they can figure out a way to satisfy everyone's needs. You know, people say, well, well, FedEx Forum's only 20 years old, but what does it need updating for? It's like, you have no idea all the things that, that go into that particular building from a technological standpoint. A couple of years ago when the Grizzlies made the second round of the playoffs, there were questions like, well, what if we have an NBA Finals here? How are we, you know, the, the, the amount of power, the amount of audio video connections, uh, those things. And then all of the most 
of which are unknown security measures mm -hmm. that the league wants you to enact. Um, it used to be you could <laughs> you would pull into the loading dock, there'd be a guard sitting on a folding chair waving you through. Now they've got barriers that I think would stop a tank. Mm -hmm. That's not inexpensive. It's also something that's probably NBA mandated and, and certainly necessary. Um, and also you have to remain viable as a revenue generating entity. This is the smallest market in the NBA. Is it really? It, it is. It, I figured maybe San Antonio or Milwaukee or wow. Uh, I think neck and neck with with New Orleans. You know, okay. right, right. You know, like the, yeah. the two two smallest markets. So you've got to find ways in order to maximize when people come through the door. How can you maximize your revenue? And a lot of times that is updating. Uh, the particular venue in which you play. So, well, part of it is too. The Grizzlies have the first right of refusal on like major concerts or events that venue does. Correct. I believe so. Yes. If it's X amount of seats or more. Right. Or right. Yeah. That that was a whole thing with the Mid South Coliseum and and, and other venues, um, and and Lord knows, Liberty Stadium needs Oof. major major updates. I used to go to games there. My dad would take me to see uh, the Memphis Rogues in the North American Soccer League play there back in 1978, and it doesn't look much different. No, no, it, it doesn't. It desperately needs updates. I don't think that an update to Liberty Stadium is necessarily going to mean that Memphis automatically goes to the Big 12 or, or another conference. I, I think there are, some other, there are some other things that are involved in that. Like I said, I just hope, and I, I will be intrigued to see if Jim Strickland, the mayor, if he gets this done before he leaves office, or does he leave it on somebody else's plate? Um, that, but it's it's not a zero sum game, so I'm really no, it's disappointed not. with some of the discourse, Grizzlies versus Tigers. That's not the right approach for fans or supporters to have. No, because this is a town that can support both, has supported both, and you just need to figure out a way. How do we do this to keep? Everybody happy. The $350 million that was originally designated by the state legislature was not going to cover anything. I mean, it, it may have handled, uh, you know, a, a redo of Liberty Stadium, but that was about it. Uh, and again, you know, I hope, I think we're biased because we're soccer guys. We hope that Memphis 901 FC can get a new home out of this uh, rather than having to play at AutoZone Park. But that's, that's, another, that's another thing for another day. I have to ask you a very, very important uh -oh. societal question. Let me, let me have a sip. Yeah, you better, you better take a sip because everybody, and I mean everybody, is talking about this. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> I saw that video of them, and he was in that ugly suit. Uh, why not? I mean, it's just, you know? Yeah. She seems wholesome and nice enough. He seems like a good guy. Yeah. Um, whatever, you know? It's funny how his social media accounts have gone up like, what half a million? Oh yeah, what I think I think he picked up what like three hundred thousand Instagram followers or something. I mean, it, yeah, it was just just absolutely insane. It's kind of nice distraction from the BS that we have to go through in this world. Yeah, you yeah. Know, now the only problem, Travis, just so you and I'm sure he's well aware of this, is that when Taylor Swift breaks up with somebody, <laughs> there is a song that follows. There's so, an album. There, yeah, not yeah. Even a song. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, she's got seven hundred million too. Uh, that's not a. An unattractive quality. No, no. Right I, it's just, yeah, it, it's it's going to be kind of interesting. And then, then you're seeing some crit criticism from from some saying uh, this is a this is showing that our society is degenerating. And I guess oh. she she helped get like thousands of of young people signed up to vote. Which uh, yeah, she yeah. seems like a good person. Yeah. I, 
I like a few of her songs. I'm typically in our age demographic, <laughs> uh, you know, two men our age, and we're not going to be into her. But I mean, it's fine. Whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I know some of her songs. I'm, I'm not a Swifty. I wouldn't necessarily go to a concert except for it to, to be a, a cultural experience. Um, but no, I think it's cool. And what was funny last night, Monday Night Football, there's a player for the Eagles, and of course, Travis's brother, Jason, plays for the Eagles. There is a Swift, so they, they had them, you know, stand side by side or do a split screen. So, you know, there was one uniform that said Swift and another one that, that said Kelsey. I, I, I think the good I, news under the law of impermanence where nothing lasts forever. <laughs> this will not last long, I predict. I, I, would, it would I be, hope it does. But yeah, know, yeah. I with can, her track record, Pete. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, and I can only imagine what it would be like to be such a, a – highly public person and to have your social life, romantic life, pretty much dissected by everybody and it's all over social media. Oh, they loved it. I mean, I don't want to say it was a PR stunt, but they were both into it. Well, they were both they were both into it, but then, you know, to carry on a relationship under any circumstances is always building a relationship is always one of the most challenging things I think you do in life. And then to do it under the the, the microscope of uh, public notoriety, I think is going to be really um it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, but then again, she's done it before, and I don't know about Kelsey's romantic past. Could but. be worse. He could be with a Kardashian. Oh, I wouldn't want to oh, wish that. On oh, any, oh, right? so. you, you you had you had you had oh man, you had to go there. There, famous for not doing anything except being famous. It's the world in which we live. More on that in a bit. Um, you got some recommendations. I mean, now Italian food, Ooh, Italian I mean, food, and Luca yeah. is is at the top of your list, I'm sure. So despite Delta's uh, incompetence with, get, with updating their movies from the last time I flew internationally, I think it was in April, mm -hmm. still the same movies. So, of course, you know, last time I talked about watching Rudy. Mm -hmm. This time I watched the original Rocky, which I, was it 1975? Does yes. that sound right? Well, yeah. we're getting old. Yeah, because, uh, because the, whole, the whole thing is, it was supposed to be a bicentennial fight. Yeah. So... I, I got stuck into the series, the HBO series Succession. Have you seen that? I have not. Really good. I highly recommend it. I got through four or five episodes. It's all about family dirt, greed, money, beautiful landscape shots of New York City. Uh, it was really good. And I guess supposedly based somewhat on the Murdoch family. I think so. Yeah. Sort of an American New York version of the yeah. Murdoch family. Yeah. And Rupert Murdoch stepping aside at age, what, 92, I think it is. Um, recommendations. I don't know if you've seen, because uh, I'm a big fan of the podcast Smartless. Have you seen the documentary on, I think it's on Max? Uh, of Smartless? Yeah. Is it? No, I haven't. What, what, be, what, 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 what they did, and you know, we could do this too. But nobody would nobody would show up. We could take this podcast on the road, but nobody nobody would show up. Uh, why do you say nobody would show up? That's kind of <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be friends yeah. friends and friends and family, friends and friends of friends. I Most don't, of I don't. my family would not probably <laughs> maybe a friend or two. Well, it, it's because it's it's funny because my my cousin Adam does a podcast called The Greatest Generation, and they do live shows. And right now they're doing live shows on Star Trek Five, um, and I. It didn't get a chance to, to see them on this tour. Um, but getting back to Smartless, so it's Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, Sean Hayes. During the pandemic, these three friends decided to have this podcast. And what they do is they invite 
One of them invites a guest to the show. The other two do not know who it is until all of a sudden there's this reveal because presumably they're, they're doing it on Zoom. There really isn't a video version of, of this. Um, super popular, a lot of really cool, fun guests. Uh, you know, Willem Dafoe has been on. Uh, the George Clooney one is almost two years old and it's absolutely hilarious. I mean, I, I, I love George Clooney and, and that was, that was uh, great. Dana Carvey, Martin Short. Uh, oh, my wife would love that. Yeah. Martin Short. I th- one of the best episodes actually was Neil Sedaka. Really? Because his daughter is married to Jason Bateman. Wow. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. So anyway. I did not know Neil was still around. He, he is. Sedaka is back. Yes. Yes. But in any event, what they did is they went out on tour. So they went to uh, Chicago and New York and L.A. and Washington, D.C. And so they did a documentary. It's on Max. And it's not just the shows themselves, um, but it's also them living together in hotel suites and private jets and all that. And it's, it's really funny. So since, since you had said something about, about streaming, I, I throw that out there. My recommendation that I want to give out right now is... Have you been to Bog and Barley? No, I know you've been. And I'm kind of upset you haven't asked me yet to meet you for lunch or something there. I know you've been about uh, you're, three you're, or four you're, times. You're, you're edu- I see you post about you're, it. You're educating our nation's youth I can always day. sneak off campus for <laughs> oh, okay. lunch. Okay, okay. Du- 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 duly noted. Well, yesterday, I've been to Bog and Barley several times. And for those of you who don't know, Bog and Barley, I, I, I actually ran into the owner, DJ Naylor. Great guy. Great guy. Uh, ran into him yesterday walking in. Uh, their burger is absolutely off, off the chain. It is, and DJ and I were talking about this, it's not really an Irish pub. It is a, he calls it an emporium. It is, it is a beautiful restaurant. All the woodwork was carved in Ireland, disassembled, and then brought over here. Corner of Ridgeway and Poplar in the Regalia Shopping Center, for those of you who are unfamiliar. The food is absolutely fantastic. It is like three notches above Typical pub food. Now they do have, uh, they do have the fish and chips and burger and you know stuff like that. They have steaks as well. And I, I yesterday I was just in the mood, like you know what? It's been a, it's been a crummy week. I'm going to go treat myself to to their burger. And I ran into DJ, and uh, DJ says, "Have you ever had our crab cakes?" And I said, "No, actually, I've not, because I've only been there like three or four times. I had gotten to the, hadn't gotten to the crab cakes yet." And um, I said, well, you know, I've, I've got my favorites. And he said, no, wait until you try these. He said, I had a woman from Maryland. I was going to say, have you ever had like DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia crab cakes? I haven't because I don't get out there that often. I used to have crab cakes when I lived in the Pacific Northwest with mm-hmm. Dungeness crab. Oh, my goodness. Which is just yeah, like yeah. Un- unbelievable. But in any event, DJ sat me down. He said, you're going to have our crab cakes. Coastal, Sea- Coastal Fish Company for me, is as good a crab cake as you can get. Bog and Barley, I give it just just a hair a little bit better. Wow. The remoulade was fantastic. It was, it was really, really good. And the other thing, too, is that they have a side where they have, like, grilled asparagus um, with uh, some nuts and also uh, some blue cheese. Mm. 
And that was that was really a delicious. I like side. my veggies with blue cheese. That's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to go wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. So DJ, if you're listening, we need a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. you know, Pete's plug had nothing to do with that at all. Well, and thanks to DJ because he's a sponsor of 901 FC and a big big friend of the uh, of the soccer club. So uh, yeah, and we we just had a great conversation. Of course, I'd just been over in Ireland, and so we talked about Ireland, and I told him about one of my favorite restaurants in Dublin, which he had heard of but he had not visited. So. The Green Hen in, on Exchequer Street in Dublin. That's that's that. The gets, real question is: Does his streaming for Peacock work better than Seamus's at the Brat Store? Well, we'll have to see. I, I mean, that was something. Going back to Sunday, that oh, was something else. You know, to walk in and hey, Greg, how you doing? I hope Peacock's working. Are you kidding me? Well, you know what? There's love Seamus. Well, yeah, I love Seamus too. But shame on NBC Universal. You have the North London Derby and you put yeah. it on Peacock. I know. Did you see? Yeah. Did that should on, be on USA. Or could have put it on USA or NBC. Yeah, yeah. And they that, put it on Peacock. You're yeah, right. I thought I thought that was that was just ridiculous. Uh, okay, so we're we're kind of airing grievances with that. What what, what do you got for grievances? Because I I've got a whole pocket full here. So my thing is cancel culture. I'm not. I'm just not a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we live in a day and age where, and this will go kind of into JJ Reddick, and I know you're going to want to talk about that at sure, some sure. point. His comments. Uh, about Memphis. And More how, like Evan Turner's comments. Yeah. JJ didn't stop it, though. <laughs> no. So <I'm> gonna, <laughs> I think, you know, we live in a, in a day and age where people are more concerned with being right than about having the truth. And it's really rare to find someone to say, you know what, I was wrong, or just to simply utter the phrase, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing with cancel culture, it's, it's ridiculous. If someone has an opposing view, you see people try to just cancel them sort of immediately. Right. To the point of doxing them. Yeah, there's no conversation job. Yeah. I think it lacks room for growth and it, and it lacks grace. None of us get any better if we are that intolerant of each other for just having opposing views. I can understand if someone has an atrocious opinion on something that's offensive or racist or whatever, but just for having, for holding a contrary opinion, it just, it kind of goes overboard, I think, in this day age of internet warriors, keyboard warriors, for lack of a better term, I guess. Yeah. Dennis Miller had a phrase, I think he called it the tyranny of ultimate freedom, that I'm right, you're wrong. And why am I right? Because I said it. And, and that's, that's... Or my stupidity or ignorance <laughs> is, is just as valuable as your knowledge or your intellectualism. Right. That's another good one. See, yeah, see, and that's the thing that bothers me, too, in, in, in so many areas where things are no, ma- no longer a matter of tracking down truth. It's just having an opinion whether or not there's any basis in it and that your opinion is right and factual, even though there are no facts to back that up. Um, I've even seen people say, well, you know, I don't believe necessarily in science. Well, I'm going to stop you right there to begin with, but because science evolves and changes over time. Just ridiculous. I feel like we live in a world of almost anti-intellectualism in some regards. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think book knowledge is the key to everything at all. Right. But I think that's sort of where cancel culture stems from. It's who can be the loudest and most obnoxious and talk the most. And it goes back to like sort of Deion Sanders type thing. Yeah. And does your viewpoint threaten me? Yeah. In, in some way, shape or form. There's, you know, there's, there's the great video clip from the newsroom 
uh, Jeff Daniels playing Will McAvoy. You know, uh, you can find it on YouTube in a million places. America is not the greatest country in the world anymore. And he said, you know, we used to appreciate intellectualism. We didn't make it, we didn't allow it to make us feel inferior that you really, you wanted to be smart. You wanted to find out the truth. You wanted to do all this. And uh, yeah, there, there, there is, I think, an anti-intellectual backlash. Like, well, if, you, if, you're, if you're smart or you follow the science and all of a sudden, well, you are portraying yourself as an elitist. Like, no, we're following the facts here to get to a conclusion. And I thought it was interesting. There was, um, there was a physicist who was on Ryan Holiday, big fan of his, The Daily Stoic. And the physicist said, he said, I will start out on a project and I think that my result is going to be X. He says, half, time, half the time I get through the process of trying to confirm X and I find out I was 180 degrees off. Yeah. And, and he appreciates that and loves that because you learn something new when you're wrong. Exactly. You discover knowledge right. that you didn't know existed. Exactly. Or information. Yeah. For me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off on the lack of awareness, of self-awareness for some people. Um, I had a, a friend tell me that they were at one of our premium grocers here in Memphis. You can figure out which one it is or guess. doesn't really matter. Because <laughs> we have one chain here. Yeah. Right, so. <laughs> um, and so they were, they were checking out. And the woman who was operating the cash register had her earbuds in and was in the midst of a conversation on the phone with somebody as my friend was checking out their groceries. I cannot imagine... Why in the world that would ever, ever be tolerated? And it's one of those things, too. It's like, look, the guy with the earbuds in the airport lounge or the airport waiting room, I don't need to hear your conversation. Without the, the earbuds, you mean? No, no, right? he, no. He has oh. earbuds in, and he, he's still he's still projecting. Oh. oh, absolutely. The worst is hearing both sides of it, though, right? When they don't have the earbuds in, yeah. talk about a lack of self awareness. Yeah, like yeah. you're on a plane, and as soon as the plane lands. Someone's yelling in their phone, and you can hear the other person on the other end yelling back. It's yeah. like, can you just wait till you get off the phone, or at least kind of whisper in yeah. the phone? I yeah. don't want to hear your. I'll meet you at baggage claim. Yeah. Which baggage claim? We I don't know. Worst Six? flight. Yeah. 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 What airline are you coming in on? Yeah. Well, it's, it's like the people that stand. Don't get me started on the airplane. The people that stand <laughs> up on the planes as soon as it lands. You're not going anywhere. There's a system here. Yeah. We go out seat by seat, aisle by aisle, row by in row. Order. You know, I, I I can't stand the people that skip the line, right? right? From the back of the plane, they jump up and they're like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. You know? I will say that I will stand up just to stretch my legs. Not that I, I don't not have that. that luxury being 6'4". I can't <laughs> you, stand up. You can't. That's yeah. true. You, you hit your head on the overloaded uh, overhead bags. The other thing, too, and, and part of the self-awareness is the whole notion of dressing for where you are. Mm -hmm. And I think people may be aware that the U.S. Senate is trying to figure out, are they going to kind of roll back their, their dress code. And this is something that has, has always bothered me. It was something that bothered my parents a lot um, because, you know, growing up in a small northern Wisconsin town, you, you'd go to church and people would show up in sneakers, jeans, and a Packer sweatshirt. And my parents always made sure that my sister and I were well-dressed. My father, until his dying day, always wore a suit or sport coat and tie to church. You dress with respect for the place that you are. Um, and then now this whole thing about, well, you know, let's roll back 
the uh, the dress code for the Senate. So John Fetterman can come in in a hoodie and uh, shorts. And it's like, what's Lauren Boebert going to be wearing? That's no, I don't like, even want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, if we no, no. There's there's enough Beetlejuice jokes that we're not we're not going to go there. But the fact of the matter is, you are passing laws for our country. Have some respect for the institution in which you are working. Years ago, I had the opportunity when I was in Washington, D.C., I would go and visit congressmen and senators, and they would have sport coats and ties hanging up in their office because if there was a vote and they weren't dressed to go, they would throw on the tie, they'd throw on the sport coat, they would go. Um, it's, it's, a, it's just a matter of respect of where you are. And I mean, it's, it's, and it's, not, just the, um, it's not just senators and congressmen. I, um, a, well, going back to the airplane, Pete, it's going to Atlanta from Memphis. It's a one-hour flight. Why are you wearing pajamas? <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't want to see anyone, in, any adult ever in pajamas unless I'm like on flying Emirates and it's, 24 hours away or something yeah right and, yeah. Then, and you have your own private little space yeah yeah if you're if you're flying first class and you got the little pod then then yeah definitely um it's okay yeah i don't so uh when i was at summer league in vegas i go to bouchon which is one of thomas keller's restaurant thomas keller dear listener is one of the best chefs in the world if not the best chef in, chef in the world and Bouchon is, is in the Venetian. It's a really nice restaurant. It bills itself as being casual. So, you know, you don't have to wear a coat and tie or anything. Dude's showing up in shorts and baseball caps. It's Vegas. I know right? it's I mean, Vegas, it's... but it's like, man, come on. Have some respect for the chef. Have some respect for the food, you know. Yeah, and at I least agree. and at least take your hat off when you eat. But, you know, you travel a lot. You go somewhere like Puerto Rico. Everyone dresses up for dinner. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. Well, see, and what I, one of the things I appreciate about Memphis is that you go to church on Sunday, mm -hmm. people dress up. Yeah. They know how to dress. You go to a social event, they are going to be dressed. And I, I just, that, the whole lack of self-awareness and, the, the, and on the flip side of that, the high level of self-absorption that people have. Like, mm -hmm. they are the only people that anything matters for. I, I don't know if you remember the, uh, the animated uh, movie WALL-E, mm -hmm. yeah. where, where they're showing like people were like getting so overweight and just like morphing into their, mm -hmm. into their chairs because now it's like, bring me my dinner, you know, DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever. And it's like, ah, it's just, it's just I don't know. I, I'm, I know I'm an old guy. What can, I, what can I say? I just, it's just not the way that it used to be. And I just... Dress up, man. Show some show some respect for where you are, and, and it goes and back to decorum. Doing. Yeah, it, it really does, and uh, and unfortunately, a lot of times it's 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 not there anymore. So that's uh, I feel better now. That's my airing of the grievances, which brings us now to a mindful moment, which I think we both really really need right now. So one of the things that we haven't talked about, I guess this is episode seven. It is episode so. seven. Wait a second. Airing of grievances. Do you know, you want to talk about JJ uh, Reddick? Yeah, let, let's do that. Let's do and that. then we'll get then, into the mindful yeah. moment. It'll help us feel a little bit better. I'll let you preface it because you probably know these guys, right? I, 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 I don't know them other than the fact that I've called games in which they played. So Evan Turner uh, was what, on. Yeah. What's his deal? <laughs> That's a good question. So he was on the podcast with JJ Reddick, old man in the three. And uh, they were talking about where should the NBA expand? Short answer, Seattle and 
I don't care. Vegas. It'll, 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 it'll probably be Vegas. But, you know, Seattle and, and Vegas, which would push Memphis to the Eastern Conference, which would, which would be kind of interesting. I, I kind of like the trips out west. In any event. Better restaurants? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, New York's got No, New York's right? got great restaurants, too. It's just the weather's better out west. Yeah. I mean, get to go to Phoenix twice a year, San Francisco twice a year, as opposed to— Back uh, to Portland, I guess. Back right? to back yeah. to Portland. Yeah, yeah. And in, in any event— so um, Evan Turner says, well, you know, and he kind of punted on the whole um, expansion thing. And he just said, take the Grizzlies out of, out of Memphis and move them to Nashville. Yeah. How, first of all, genius. <laughs> that's not expansion. That's relocation. So let's get a sixth grade working vocabulary. Go ahead. <laughs> I digress. And, 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 and J.J. Redick kind of went along with him, certainly did not say what you said, Hey, Evan, we're talking about expansion, not relocation of existing franchises. Yeah, JJ, kudos to him. I tweeted or X'd. Is that what that's called now? I have no idea. Yesterday. Uh, JJ admitted he was wrong and apologized for it. It seemed authentic. Yeah. However, I think he could have cut it off. I think he, he, he could have cut it off. But again, you know, you get rolling on these podcasts and you just say what's top of mind. And, you know, he, he more or less agreed or he certainly did not dissuade Evan Turner from that particular viewpoint. But well, do why you, is that viewpoint even out there though? I hear it often. Yeah. I, well, I, you know, I, and I, I looked at Evan Turner's bio and, and I don't, he has no connection to the state of Tennessee at all, Nashville or Memphis. So I, I don't think there's, there's anything there um, unless he has friends in, in Nashville or whatever. What I will say is talking with people in the NBA, remember when the Weston was built, and this was going to be the ultimate NBA team hotel. Mm-hmm. The, the shower heads were going to be, you know, nine feet in the air. The beds were extra long. They were going to they were going to cater to NBA teams. Everybody that I have talked to in the NBA says it is it is far and away the worst hotel in the NBA. They value engineered it when they got down to the brass tacks. Uh, it's not been kept up. Yeah, interesting. I, I heard from other people, than Penny's restaurant, yeah. right? Yeah. Which which the restaurants changed hands a million times. But I had a number of people. With visiting NBA teams, say they would check into the room and like the wastebaskets hadn't been emptied. Whew. You know, the rooms hadn't been cleaned. And so what you see now is like nobody stays there. They're staying they stay at the Hyatt Centric or I don't know if anybody stays at the Peabody, but basically they've moved out of this property that was supposed to be the Which is a shame because of its proximity to the arena. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And so when you do talk to people in the NBA, and you ask him, okay, what's your favorite place to visit and what's your least favorite place to visit? Memphis, every once in a while, does come up as their least favorite place to visit. Pluses are the music and the food. The negatives are not thrilled with the downtown, not thrilled with the hotels. Now, if, if, if that's what Evan Turner was talking about, I have no idea. But to your point, J.J. Reddick came back and said, you know, no, that, you know, I, I apologize, should not have gone down that road. And I appreciate that because there's some personal responsibility. What have we been talking about throughout this podcast? People not taking personal responsibility. It's like the senator from New Jersey who has like half a million dollars <laughs> in jackets spread throughout his house and gold bars. And he was like, yeah, well, I just took this out of the bank because, because. And I'm not going to resign. Like, look, could you just take a little personal responsibility for this? I don't, I don't no, care about dude. your politics, but so I mean. So has there been any statement from Evan? Good for JJ, but Evan, the one that I've, actually I've, said it. I've not, I've not seen anything from Evan, but, you know. Doesn't speak well of his character. You know, hey, it's, hey, 
as the kids say, it is what it is. Evan Turner. You can't have our don't, team. Don't, don't come back to Memphis anytime yeah. soon. You, you can't have our team. And would J.J. have made the apology if he didn't get a lot of backlash on X from Memphis fans, do you think? Because I'm sure you know how our fans are. Yeah, I do. And good for them. I do. I do. I don't know that it would have taken a whole lot, but J.J. is a Duke guy and, and pretty smart, and I think he's, he's really, really a good anal- a game analyst. And I think probably like, uh, you know, maybe he w- went back and, and listened to the podcast and then saw the comments and it's like. Or to be a really conspiracy theorist, did someone from the Grizzlies call him? Mm. I know you probably can't comment. On I, 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 I mean, it, 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 it certainly wasn't me. But I mean, look, J.J. has played at FedEx Forum against the Grizzlies. He knows what kind of fan base we have here. So, I mean, he knows the history. Uh, he would have played here probably a little bit more often than Evan Turner. Evan was always in the Eastern Conference. J.J. was in the Eastern Conference more often than not. But I think J.J. played with New Orleans. So J.J. probably had a little bit more experience with being in Memphis and understanding what a good fan base this is. And on balance, I think you have a great hockey fan base in Nashville. You have a great basketball fan base in Memphis. And, look, I, it works. I don't, I don't think there's – So I got a good tweet on okay. this subject sort right. of that sort of encapsulates – the average Grizzlies response on X to this. This is from a gentleman. His handle is William Jones III. Talking about JJ's apology. Says, thank you, and then has a blue heart. Andre Iguana. (laughs) Autocorrect gets Iguodala. No, no, no. I I think think it was intentional. Oh, he meant that? I think it was intentional. Andre Iguana, fire marshal bill hairline, pigeon-toed ass, Need to keep his thoughts to himself, along with his Kermit the Frog sounding buddy. So there we go. Wow. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess Memphis fans were were, were up in arms over that. <laughs> Good for Mr. Jones. Well, nobody 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 in Memphis nobody yeah. in Memphis likes Andre Iguodala. No. After you know, I don't any excuse to go after him. Yeah, there's yeah, it 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 doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, Oh, what fun social media is. All right, uh, mindful moment. Let's, uh, let's get to a mindful moment. After that, moment. I think we need one. Yeah, we definitely do. One of the things we haven't really gotten into much, and it was an intentional sort of ploy on my part, is I didn't want to get early on into the breathing or meditation too much because a lot of times people just think that that's all there is to mindfulness. Right, which there, that's not the case. So just the power of deep breathing, basically it does three things. If we feel stressed, if we can feel it in our body, anytime we're too excited or we're stressed or we're anxious or pensive, there are certain things that we can feel in our body. It could be a rapid heartbeat, could be butterflies in the stomach, could be sweaty palms, could be um, our throat starts to close up, could be our breathing is constricted and tight instead of loose and free flowing. That's a good sign for us to take a deep breath. And when I say take a deep breath, I don't mean anything like Darth Vader where you make a (laughs) spectacle of yourself and everyone hears it. You simply breathe in slowly through your nose. You hold it for a second and breathe out even slower through your mouth. The exhale is always a little bit slower. And from a physiological perspective, it does three things. One, it carries oxygen to the brain where we get focused and centered. Two, it drops our blood pressure. Three, it lowers our heart rate. So you can always tell those basketball players that have worked with someone like me or a sports psychologist when they're at the free throw line. They take that deep breath, 
they take the free throw because it does those three things. Mm -hmm. So anytime what I recommend to people, one, if we feel one of those symptoms in our bodies and we get uptight like that, or two, anytime before we have to perform, before we have to give a presentation at work, or if you're younger, uh, a book report at school, or have an evaluation with the boss, or take that penalty kick or free throw, take a couple of deep breaths as needed, anywhere one to six deep breaths in that manner, and it really helps. It sounds overly simplistic, uh, but it's game-changing. No, and it, it, it does reset you because your heart can be racing or palpitating and you need to calm it down, and the best way to do that is, is simply to take a long, deep breath. What about, I've heard of the concept of box breathing. What's, yeah, what's that, that was big in the, in the Navy, like the Marines. It's basically the same type of concept where basically you count your breathing. You breathe in, you breathe out, like a one, two, three, four pattern. So there's no really right way or wrong way to do it. Um, but, you know, you, I know you do it when you fly, right? Yeah, I mean, what I do, I think they even call it triangular breathing, where you, you know, uh, inhale for a period of time, hold for a period of time, mm-hmm. then exhale for That's the similar same period to of time. Breathing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you, you try to do that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I do it before broadcasts, too, because, I mean, you know, there's so much adrenaline. You know, you're in the building, there's so much energy going on, and I, I find when you are, you can be almost too energized and you start talking too quickly, you're, you're going to mess up. And so there is very much, you know, for me, anytime I, I perform, it's like, okay, let's get some deep breaths in here. Let's, let's calm the waters a little bit because it's, it's easy. I mean, we, you know, we got 18,000 people screaming and, you know, you're, you're slapping hands with players and the referees are out there and you're ready to go. Yeah, you do need to kind of get yourself settled because if you are not in a good, if you're not in a good, solid, stable space, you can't perform. Well, it's, and it's called self-regulation. It's just that ability. You were talking about self-awareness. So if we listen to our body and get into that habit, that helps cultivate that self-awareness. Then we can self-regulate or have emotional regulation, whatever you want to call it. It's a form of emotional intelligence where, okay, this is going on in my body. Maybe I'm a little bit off kilter in my mind, so I'm going to just take a minute and regulate myself. And breathing is the best way to do it. It is. It is. All right, time to wrap this up. What, uh, what's, uh, what's next on the docket outside of another uh, swallow of beer? So we have a big house inspection tomorrow. We finally got a contract offered on the house. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. 80-something days. The hard part is, and I hope she's not listening, <laughs> the lady who made the offer and has the pending contract has backed out of a couple, we found out, Ooh. through our investigations. So fingers crossed, listeners, tomorrow for the home inspection. Hopefully we won't get gouged too much. And then sort of on the horizon, I have just working with teams, college basketball. The first official day of practice for most programs was yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I'll start flying out, working with some of these guys soon. And we'll have more tales of airports and airplanes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's almost like a buffet of human behavior. Yeah. Airports and airplanes. Mm-hmm. It's people at their worst. We're talking about self-awareness, right? That there's this heightened level of anxiousness when we travel. Yeah. All of us get it, but we can always tell the difference in baselines <laughs> by the way in which people act on these planes. I, I, I love being on an airline that's not Southwest and people <laughs> think like, is it open seating? 
No, it's not open seating. That's the word. Or there's the guy that sits in first class that's like in the back row by the bathroom is his real seat. And he's just that they don't like, come on. Yeah. Look it has at, a number on your seat. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the guy in group seven wants to board with first class. Or this is my, I'm sitting in the aisle because I'm, you know, I'm tall. I always try to get an mm-hmm. aisle seat. And a guy walks on and rudely says, he points to the window seat next to me and says, I'm there. No, you're not. You're there. You're standing in the aisle, and I'm not moving until you say, "Excuse me, that's my seat." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those little things, yeah, are just gems. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, and and after the pandemic, people had oh. had flown in forever. It was. I, I think we went feral as a society after the pandemic. Remember all the fights that were taking place? Oh yeah, on airplanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people have just like totally, totally lost their minds. Well, the other thing too is that after after the pandemic, I mean, flights were less expensive i wouldn't ever go on and say that they were cheap but like uh after the pandemic you could fly from memphis to chicago for a couple hundred bucks now it's five hundred dollars you know and and so then that brought a lot of people who hadn't traveled in quite a while one unfamiliar with the whole concept of uh of traveling on an airplane and yeah it's it's just one of those things that you just have to like (laughs) take a deep breath without a doubt (laughs) you have to be preemptive with it you have to know what you're going into beforehand and just, uh, you know. Yeah. So. yeah. And you just pray that the person next to you doesn't decide to take their shoes and socks off. Or even worse, the person behind you and put it on the back of your seat and they're kicking your seat mm-hmm. the whole time. And you turn around and give them a dirty look. You might even say something mm-hmm. like, excuse me. I had a guy say, I don't know what that is. Well, you know, where your feet are, that's connected. That's yeah. the back of my that's, seat. Yeah. It's kind of, oh, I'm sorry. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> uh, Tales from the Airlines, that and more coming up in a future edition of Live a Little, this crazy little podcast about everything and nothing. And for me, what's coming up is training camp. Next Monday is media day for the Memphis Grizzlies, and then we go into practice. And then we've got uh, five preseason games. We will televise three of them. We'll even get a road trip to Atlanta uh, into the mix. So, yeah, that, that's kind of where my uh, – I'm trying to do all the things that you need to do before the season starts. So get your office supplies. Uh, there's a particular type of energy drink that I use. So Really? I've ordered a couple of cases. Yeah, it's um, Fit, you, fit, fit Aid. You're going to give them a shout-out, all right? Yeah, yeah. Another potential sponsor. <laughs> yeah, we, we can only hope. It's supposed to help you with focus. And so – it, it Whether it does or not, it, it seems to work, and it just becomes a tradition. I grab a can before I head to the gym. Looking forward to that. Um, Even if that's a placebo effect. It works. Then, then it works. It works, you and know? it tastes good. And it's like 10 calories, so, you know, no, no big deal. But, yeah, very much looking forward to that. Um, it's... Uh, it's going to be going to be a lot of fun. Get a lot of questions about what I think the Grizzlies are going to be like this year. But we're we're we have passed the fifty minute mark, and I don't want to bore our listeners anymore. Is this our longest? It one is. It yet? is. It is our longest one. But then again, we we've, we've been gone for like two weeks, so I will have a little bit more about the Memphis Grizzlies the next time we visit, right here on Live a Little. As I said, the crazy little podcast about everything and nothing. It comes to you direct from the World Galactic Headquarters of Pranica Media in East Memphis. We do not have a producer. We do not have an editor. We do it all ourselves, and we do it all over a glass of beer. He's Greg Graber. I'm Pete Pranica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.